Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Amy Gindin, Head of Marketing and Strategy at Torchlight, a LifeSpeak company. Torchlight is a digital-first caregiver support platform for employers, health plans, and member organizations. In addition to her work with Torchlight, Amy is a caregiver advocate and executive for bringing the human back to human resources. Amy, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, me too. So one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about was workplace human connections, just because COVID-19 has greatly changed that. So how can employers help foster genuine connections in the workplace, especially while we're operating in a remote function? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that workplace culture has largely suffered when it comes to the remote lifestyle. And so employees are constantly trying to balance between connection and comfort. You know, being at home, being in your pajamas, not having a commute, but also connecting with your colleagues, connecting with your managers, contributing to a culture in some way. And it's tough because I think people want both, but everyone's on a different scale in terms of what they're willing to give up in order to go back to where they came from. And so depending on whether you're hybrid or whether you're in person or whether you're remote, your culture requirements are going to look very different. I have been working from home since before the pandemic. (laughs) So I've thought a lot about this at multiple companies. And I think there's a few best practices that HR leaders and other executives can certainly keep in mind. I mean, one is Everybody wants something different. Some people want to hang out. They want virtual happy hours. They want lunches together. Other people are in a different life stage. They want to be with their family. They don't want to be staring at a computer any more than they have to be. And so choice is, I think, the number one piece here, which is never make any sort of virtual gathering mandatory because it is the quickest way to having a culture of eye rolling. And then, you know, to me, nothing replaces in person. So I work from home, but I see my colleagues at least once a month. And some of them are in different parts of the country. But I get on a plane, once a quarter, I might fly to see them. And then those who are local, I try to see once a month because... There just is no other substitute for making eye contact and hugging and shaking hands and kind of getting that three-dimensional form of socialization. So those are two big ones for me. And then the third is really baking in time for small talk during meetings. I think that video conferencing is certainly better than just audio conferencing in a lot of ways because you can read facial expressions and you can get some of that nuance that you can't get in an email or just with audio, but it also is still very forced. A lot of times people just get right to the agenda and you can go a whole day or months without ever checking in with someone and seeing how they are. And not everyone does this naturally. 
So in all of my meetings, I always bake in five to 10 minutes, depending on how big the meeting is, just to talk and bond the way that you would if you were in an office and you were socializing at the water cooler or in the kitchen or asking someone what they're having for lunch. It's so important and it can be learned and it can be really successful. Yeah. I was reading a survey that said 71% of executives think that employee engagement is critical. And while it's critical, that flexibility that you mentioned earlier makes it difficult to keep everyone engaged in a way that keeps them happy. So do you have any advice beyond just like having small talk before your meetings to build in meaningful opportunities for employees to gather and interact? Affinity groups are really important. We use Slack. I'm not getting paid by Slack to say that, but we have different channels. I like live and die by it. And so we have channels that are based on work, but then we have channels that are based on specific interests. We have a parents channel and we have a pet channel and we have like a funny memes channel (laughs) and different people will kind of connect that way. And then that can turn into, if you're a larger organization, that can turn into an affinity group or an employee resource group. If you you know, are a company of 500, 50,000, I mean, employee resource groups have been a wonderful way for individuals with different passions or different interests or different life stages to connect with one another. I do a lot of talking to working families groups specifically because I'm a mom of a five-year-old and that is just a huge part of my life. I'm a family first person. And so being able to connect on that with other individuals who are kind of experiencing the same thing is a way for me personally to connect. But there's lots of ways to follow that formula and have the same experience. That makes a lot of sense. Back to what you were saying earlier about the importance of um, in-person connections. I finally got the opportunity to meet some of my coworkers in person just because we started going on business trips. Obviously, I knew a couple of them lived in the area, but now I'm really good friends with one of my coworkers thanks to meeting at like a holiday party and then we both live in the area. So it's just kind of blossomed from there, which is nice. Yeah, I find it takes a lot longer if you're just over the computer or virtual in order to get to that level of connection than it is. I mean, you could have one coffee chat with someone in person, and then all of a sudden you've got a new friend. So it's a shortcut for sure if you can and are able to be in person. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, the reason that made me think of it is because you were talking about ERG groups and how you connect with a lot of other employees and coworkers because y'all are parents and I've had the same experience, but I'm a pet owner. And so (laughs) I've gotten close to a couple of my coworkers just because we talk about the weird stuff that our cats do. Oh, I have two cats. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Oh, I wish I could have a dog, but uh, not from this apartment right now. (laughs) I hear you. I don't want to walk one in the winter, so it's not happening. Yeah, my sister tried to get little booties for her dog, and um, he hates it. So she just has to moisturize his little paw pads so the salt from the sidewalks doesn't bother him too much. But back to how I introduced you as a caregiver advocate, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how with engagement comes acknowledging that people have their own independent lives. Do you have any advice on how employers can kind of bridge the gap between acknowledging that engagement and interacting with your coworkers is important, but also knowing that everyone has their own responsibilities and lives going on in the background? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. We're in a unique time. You know, in 2021, everyone was talking about the great resignation. 
And now 2022, everyone's talking about quiet quitting. There are two sides of the same coin, right? It's either leaving a company or staying at a company and not being as engaged. And there's really this shift. And I think a lot of that is driven by people wanting better work-life balance, people wanting cultures of caring, where employees feel like they have the upper hand now in a way that they never did before. I mean, even five years ago, things looked very different. And some of that is it's a candidate's market right now. Employees feel like they have the power. They can go somewhere else if they want to. But there is this real cultural shift in the U.S. that employees are really speaking up for the first time. And they're expecting their organizations to speak up as well around setting better work-life blend or better work-life balance boundaries. And so for me, in my opinion, that's just check the box standard. If you want loyalty, if you want retention, you have to acknowledge that people's relationships outside of work will always come first before their job. And that is a culture tone that has to be set across every single level within the organization. It's interesting. I was talking to this working families ERG, and they were saying that the C-suite is putting all the right things in place, but they have no idea what's going on on the ground. And so they're saying the right things, but it's not getting trickled down to the managers. And then what ends up happening is all of the frontline employees and the individual contributors aren't reaping the benefits of the values that the C-suite are expressing because everyone in between isn't being educated about what caregiving and what work-life balance and what parenting and all of that really is. And there's this communication breakdown. So to me, in order for companies to have great employee engagement, to keep you know loyal, happy employees, which honestly is what everybody wants, it can't just be a message that comes from the executives. There has to be a whole program in place that hits every single employee. And managers really need to be educated on how to be supportive of people no matter what's going on in their lives. Right. A lot of people say that in important ideology and values should start at the top. But like you said, if it doesn't reach every single level, there's going to be a disconnect. And if one employee has a good manager who's like, yeah, you got to follow that work-life balance, while someone in a different department doesn't have that kind of support, it messes up the company culture. Yeah, it's a very different experience for two people based on the management style. So I think, you know, a lot of people are promoted to manager because they're really good at their job, but not necessarily because they're really good at managing and not necessarily because they're empathetic people. And so those soft skills have to be taught. To me, it'll make or break the success of your organization. For sure. And speaking to people management skills and soft skills, what does the human part of human resources mean to you? Like, what does that look like in today's environment, especially? To me, the word human and human resources is the mission. People don't go into human resources because they're really passionate about updating corporate policies or they really want to know the latest in compliance. I mean, maybe some people, but I think by and large, human resource professionals are empathetic 
They care about their organization. They believe that the people are the core of what makes an organization successful. And they are 100% committed to investing in them. It's still touching all of those areas. It's policies, it's compliance, it's benefits, it's total rewards. But with the mindset of the why, and the why is how do we make people happy here, engaged, productive, and bring in new talent who has the same experience. And I think sometimes when we get too in the weeds or into the details of our day-to-day, we forget our why. And that's when things start to go astray and they're not going in the right direction. So that's what it means for me. Yeah. And in kind of remembering that why, do you have any advice for people trying to make sure that that stays a forefront in the development of their company culture and employee engagement? Yeah. I mean, for me, it comes down to the manager. So I work for a company right now that was acquired in December And we're going through all of the pains of acquisition and change, and there's a lot of unknowns. And so I believe one of my jobs is to remind my team over and over about why we're doing this, that this isn't just about a reorg, and it's not just about a title, but it's about this mission to make people's lives better at work and at home. And so if our managers can infuse that why in every big meeting, in every strategic conversation, it sets the tone for the productivity and it makes the things that are hard to do at work a little bit easier because you've got this vision in your head of why you're there. So to me, it's definitely about managers motivating people and reminding them of it's not just about this task, but it's about why you're doing this task. And that's every manager. It's, you know, middle management all the way up to the C-suite. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I have one final question for you, unless you have anything else you'd like to add. Sure, go ahead. Since this episode airs on Fridays, I'd love to know what you're looking forward to this weekend. Well, my job involves a lot of solving big, complex problems, and it can be mentally exhausting at the end of the week. And so, like I mentioned earlier, I have this five-year-old, and his world is just so the opposite of that. I mean, his problems are so tiny. It's like, what TV show am I going to watch today? And being reminded of the simplicity of life and how easy it can be when you're just around a child and it's about what sandwich he's going to eat for lunch or what toy he's going to play with is such just a refreshing break for me from the day-to-day of Monday through Friday. So my plan for the weekend is just to soak in his cuteness and play and just be a kid again. That's awesome. There's something so special about how in the moment kids are and just how genuinely invested in that moment they are too. Oh my gosh. Being present is so, so critical and so hard. And we can learn a lot from kids for sure. Definitely. It's always important. It's like, don't lose sight of your inner child. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a really fun weekend spending time with your son. Thank you. 
It sounds like you'll have a blast. I hope he gets to watch or play with all the things he's looking forward to. <laughs> I do too. And less whining, more playing. <laughs> yeah, always, always the goal. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you for joining today, Amy. It was a pleasure. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.